0: amen we sure appreciate Ethan and his fine work I will say there's not many Sundays that would have been more fitting to read a scripture before the giving as the scripture was based upon giving and so uh, we are so thankful for him and we are thankful for the opportunity to be together and to study as I look out we're glad to see each one here I see some that are visiting, and we are glad to have you here, and we pray that that you enjoy the time here, but we also pray that God is benefited greatly through the worship that is done according to the New Testament. Now, a couple weeks ago I was up here and we spent the Sunday talking about the Lord's Supper, the institution of the Lord's Supper, the timing of the Lord's Supper, Within that lesson, I did mention giving. But giving is something that is completely separate. And that's why we separated it today with the Scripture. All right. Giving is something that takes place within Scripture, separate of that of the Lord's Supper, but still it took place on the first day of the week. Now this morning, as we we look at giving We're going to consider three main thoughts as the proper time for giving. We'll look at the proper attitude for giving, and we will also notice the proper proportion. Now, as we go through our our lesson today, I encourage you to follow along. We'll be be flipping our pages, and we'll be noticing, noticing many passages that go along with this. Before we begin, as we start out thinking about giving... I want us to first note and realize before we go any further, everything started out as God's period. The money that is in your wallet was God's to start with. The food that we eat that we're blessed to partake of, it was God's from the beginning. The pews that we sit in, it was God's ...from before it ever existed in this building. We look at the very building that we have the opportunity to meet in... ...and the reality is it was God's to start with. You can go back to Genesis chapter 1 and verse 1... ...which Brother Miller pointed to on Wednesday night... ...if I remember correctly. In the beginning God created. Okay? Before that creation, what existed? It didn't. It was just God. There was nothing to work with. He didn't take mud and smack it together. He didn't take two rocks and push them together. But rather, at the word of God. In Genesis chapter 1, each time it says, "...and God said..." the paper money that we carry in our wallets, if you aren't using a plastic card, was printed out on paper that came about because God created trees. And so as we look at the very beginning, understand first off, it was God's. As an individual, we are able to carry it for a short time. We are possibly able to have it in our possession you might refer to it but understand that it still belongs to God go back and look at first chronicles chapter 29 real quick in first chronicles chapter 29 here we have a uh, a thought going back and forth you go back to verse 14 well if you start in verse 10 it says therefore David blessed the Lord before all the assembly and David said so David's speaking he's fixing to tell them what he knows you drop down into verse 14 he says but who am I and who are my people that we should be able to offer so willingly as this he says for all things come from you he said and of your own we have given you of your own we have given you you see of what was God's we have an opportunity to give back which is already God's so as we think about giving today understand first off when you give you're not giving God anything you're giving back God what is already rightfully his That He entrusted you to use. We say the same thing about our children. God entrusted us with these children. He said, I'm pure, holy, without blemish, perfect. And as parents, we have the responsibility to return them as God would have them. All right. Notice giving. As we talk about giving, there is first a proper time. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 16. 1 Corinthians chapter 16. And we're going to begin in verse 1. 1 Corinthians chapter 16, verse 1, it says, Now concerning the collection for the saints... He says, as I have given order to the churches of the Galatia, so you must do also. He says, on the first day of the week, let each one of you lay something aside, storing up as he may prosper. He says, that there be no collections when I come. Now if you go on into verse 3, it says, and when I come, whomever you approve by your letters, I will send to bear your gift to Jerusalem. All right, notice first. On the first day of the week, the church was to lay by and store. Now, under this example in verse 3, where was the gift going? It was going to Jerusalem. No one's there yet to pick up the gift and take it, so why not just hold my money in my pocket until the person comes to take the money to Jerusalem? He says, well, I'll just hold on to it until there's need. No, the Lord said, or through inspiration, he says, concerning the collection, verse 2, on the first day of the week. He gets down to the end of the verse 2 and he explains why. He says, that there being no collections when I come. We don't have to stop and take a time out and say, all right, everybody, see what you can come up with. But rather, because each first day of the week they had given... When he comes, what will there be? There will be a sum of money that they'll be able to take back. You know, I think within a human understanding, oftentimes it's easier to understand, you know, in my budget, I set aside this much for a purpose. But then if we don't budget and we just say, well, you know, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to buy that new car when I save enough money... Oftentimes, people will never get to where they've got it saved. In 1 Corinthians chapter 16, possibly it's don't try and save your money until until we come for a collection because you won't have it, but rather he says, give on the first day of the week. The timing was the first day of the week, it's when it's commanded, when it's expected. They didn't wait until the need arose, the need already was there... ...but they gave every first day of the week... ...so that when they came to take the money back to Jerusalem... ...they were prepared. The collection of the saints... ...when it comes down to the collection as a whole... ...when did the church give back? Not every time they met. We don't come together on Wednesday and give... Because the church gave on the first day of the week. Notice he says, as I gave, the, as I gave order to the churches of Galatia, he said, so do you. So they're going, to, they're going to follow that same pattern and still today we want to follow the same pattern outlined in the New Testament. And even though the money might not go out the very next day, the reality is it's there for a purpose. And that's what we see in 1 Corinthians chapter 16. Notice that the giving to others would still have taken place outside of the offering. Okay, Within the New Testament church, not only did the church do good works as a group, but the church did works individually. Notice Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10. Galatians chapter 6 and verse 10. It says, therefore, as we have opportunity on the first day of the week, let each one do good. It's not what it says. He says, therefore, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all, especially to those who are of the household of faith especially to those who are of the household of faith. But he says, let us do good to all men. Well, it's not Sunday. I'm sorry, I can't give you anything. That's not the picture. The picture is the church does good to individuals, to people, all the time. On a regular basis, daily, whenever the opportunity presents itself. Look at Luke chapter 10. Well, I don't know that I need to make you look at it. In Luke chapter 10, we have a a story that no doubt all of us remember. It's the parable of the Good Samaritan as Jesus lays it out. Who is the good? Who is the one that is viewed as good? You know, as you go through the story, you've got The Samaritan that steps up to the plate. When all those that were religious and holy, especially in their own eyes, when they passed by, they said, oh, no, not today. But without doubt, what was the expectation from the story in Luke chapter 10? Who was good? The person that chose to help. Did they wait until the first day of the week? Nope the opportunity presented itself seeing this man that had been stripped and beaten and take and wounded by thieves being left half dead the priest didn't help the levite didn't help but who helped the good samaritan within god's expectation of the christian today who is good the person that chooses to help Within giving at the proper time, understand there is a design for the church as a congregation for the assembly. When we come together, there is a time that is proper for us to collect funds or to give back to the Lord. But that in no way removes our responsibility to give when we have opportunity, when we see need. Now, Not only do we have the collection where we have to give, not only do we have poor or needy that we are to give, but without doubt, throughout the Bible, there is a significance placed on the giving of oneself. Okay? Not just about the money, but he goes a lot deeper and he says, what about you? He said, what about giving yourself? As you go back to 2 Corinthians chapter 8, he talks about their their liberal giving. You get down into verse 5 and Paul's blown away. He's like, I can't even believe how they gave. So in verse 5 he says, and not only as we had hoped, they didn't just give this according to our expectation. You know, we were thinking, you know, they'd, they'd give a small portion and it would be enough to help out those in Jerusalem. But it says, and not only as we had hoped, but first gave them selves. What's the point? Their heart was in it. When they gave, it wasn't begrudgingly. It wasn't with this thought, well, how much do I have to give to feel like I did what I was supposed to do? But he says they first gave themselves, they made a conscience decision. In their mind, they said, you know what, my goal is to put God first, and then they gave. Now you go down to verse 5 and it says, but they first gave themselves the Lord then to us by the will of God. What's he talking about now? Then to us, he's talking about the actual collection. They had the predisposition within themselves to think, you know what? God is the most important thing in the world and therefore when I give, I'm going to give all I can give. And so at the beginning of verse 5, it He was blown away. Not only is I'd halt. You go back just a little bit further. In verse 3 it says, I bear witness according to their ability. Yes, listen. And beyond their ability they gave back. As you look at their willing giving, you look at verse 2, their liberality. They were excited. They gave far beyond what they'd even hoped for. All right. Notice they gave of themselves first. They thought in their mind and they so therefore turned their life over to God. And turning their life over to God, they chose to give in abundance. Past expectation according to what? Paul thought, according to what Paul had hoped. All right, this isn't the only time in Scripture that it talks about giving of oneself. I think of Romans chapter 12. Romans chapter 12, beginning in verse 1, it says, I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you, listen, present your bodies a living, I'll say, offering, a living sacrifice unto God. He goes on to say, which is your reasonable service? It only makes sense knowing what God had done for you that you would desire to give fully of yourself. It's like, turn it over to Jesus. Give my life to him because he died for me. His opportunity then is to live through us. He goes on to say, do not be conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind so that you can prove what is good and acceptable and perfect will of God, the transformation of mind. That is exactly what's spoken of in 2 Corinthians chapter 8, and verse 5. They gave of themselves first. They came up with a mindset that said God first, and so therefore... It was realized or shown in their giving when they give back. All right. Luke chapter 9 and verse 23, it says, if anyone desires to come after me, Jesus there, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. The denial of self. That's literally what's going on. 2 Corinthians chapter 8 and verse 5. They denied self And they said, there's something that's so much greater than me. And it says, so they gave of themselves first. They denied self and said, let me give. Verse 3, they gave beyond their ability. All right. So we see some of the early church and we see that they gave... ...at the proper time. Well, what's the proper time? When it comes down to the church of the New Testament. As a congregation, we give on the first day of the week. The church of the New Testament. As individuals, we give when we see need. It doesn't have to be... ...the elders that... ...divvy out money to someone that's in need. When you see the individual... ...and you have opportunity... The responsibility comes to you. So not only do we give on the first day of the week... ...but it's possible that we give daily. And as you go to Romans chapter 12 and verse 1... ...within that giving of oneself... ...it's absolutely, positively the case... ...that it better be daily. He says present your bodies a living sacrifice it's continual i made a lifestyle following god and so therefore i'm continually man that clock goes fast i'm going to continually make offering of myself to the lord all right we're going to give with the proper attitude go to second corinthians chapter nine we're going to speed up second corinthians chapter nine verse six and seven but this I say, he who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, and he who sows bountifully will also reap bountifully. Now you know the context. Make sure you remember it because this is the verse that everybody wants to use when they say, Well, I don't have to give that much to God. I don't need to worry about what I give to God. Notice verse 7 So let each one give as he purposes in his heart. Do you hear that? That's exactly what everybody says when they talk about giving. Well, how much should I give? As I purpose in my heart, absolutely. What's the context, verse 6? If you don't want much, don't plan to give much. Now, I'm not trying to preach to you that throw in everything you have and you're going to be a really wealthy man. I understand that that's going to be the, the idea that's portrayed on television on many occasions. But the idea is, if you don't sow, don't expect to reap. He says, I say to you, he who sows sparingly will reap sparingly he who sows bountifully will reap bountifully and so he says in verse 7 let each one gives as he purposes in his heart not grudgingly not of necessity he says for God loves a cheerful giver proper attitude cheerful giver how did they do it as he purposed in his heart look at Acts chapter 5 if you look at Acts chapter 5 it wasn't that long ago Mike spoke on this. Ananias and Sapphira, how did they give? To be seen. They said, everybody look at me, here it is. I'm putting it in the plate. Did you see how much I gave? Oh, look, we, we sold our land, here it is. It's all going back to God. He said, you didn't lie to the people, but you lied to God. Don't do it to be seen, but rather do it with a cheerful heart. If you look to Matthew chapter 6, as Jesus there speaking at the Sermon on the Mount, he talks about giving and the idea once again is don't do it to be recognized. He says don't even let your hand know. Matthew chapter 6 verse 1, take heed therefore that you do do not charitable deeds before men to be seen by them, otherwise you have no reward from your Father who is in heaven. He says, therefore, when you do a charitable deed, when you do something good, don't sound the trumpet, everybody look at me as a hypocrite. Verse 3, but when you do a charitable deed, he said, do not let your left hand know what your right hand's doing. Verse 4, he says, that way your charitable deed may be in secret and your father who sees in secret will reward you openly. Giving with the proper attitude. Finally, I want to talk to you for just one second about giving with the proper proportion. It's something we don't talk about often because everybody's like, well, that's the preacher. He's just begging for more money. Giving with the proper proportion. Each individual in 1 Corinthians chapter 16 and verse 2 was to give as he had prospered. All right? Now, within that, if you look at 1 Corinthians Chapter 16, verse 2, it says, storing up as he may prosper. The idea is more of that as he has prospered. It's you've prospered and understand God still exists. You know, these people that he was writing to, any, anybody that had followed along with Jewish history no doubt would have known Leviticus chapter 27 and verse 30 as you have a tenth or a tithe that was set aside for the Levite to, to provide for him. And so to them, this, this tithing that had been done for their entire lifetime would have da- no doubt been a thought within their mind. You can look at Leviticus chapter 27 real quick. Leviticus chapter 27... Verse 30 it says, and all the tithe of the land, which would have been 10%, whether of the seed of the land or of the fruit of the tree is the Lord's, it is holy to the Lord. All of it was included in their tithe, within their their 10%. Notice Numbers chapter 18. Just over a few more pages, Numbers chapter 18. And verse 21 He says, Behold, I have given the children of Levi all the tithes in Israel as an inheritance in in return for the work which they perform, the work of the tabernacle of meeting. Within that, it was something they had done. It was something they were accustomed to. We see 10% they would have been required to give. And you say, Well, they gave 10%. And I'll tell you that it was actually a lot more. You know... Don't forget all the feasts that they had to observe or the sin offering or the Day of Atonement. You've got all these different deals. If you go through all the different sacrifices that were made by the, uh, the Jews at this time, 10% probably didn't touch it. Okay, never mind. 10% absolutely didn't touch it because they had to tithe, period. In addition to that, they had to do more. In 2 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 3 through 5, I wonder if he didn't have an expectation of a tithing. I don't know. I'm not here to tell you that he did. But I know what he did say. And he said, They gave far beyond what I even thought, what I had hoped for, is the word that's used in the New King James. They gave beyond expectation. Christ recognizes sacrificial giving. Look at Mark chapter 12. Mark chapter 12, you see a common story Beginning in verse 41, Jesus said, odds at the treasury and saw how the people put money in the treasury and many who are rich put in much. It's almost as though as they did it to be seen. Then one poor widow came and threw in two mites, which makes a a quadrant. So he called his disciples to himself and said to them, Assuredly, I say to you that this poor widow has put in more than all those who have given to the treasury. Why? For they all put in out of their abundance. And it says... But she, out of her poverty, gave all that she had. Try a hundred percent. He said, well, you're really rich. You ought to be given something. You ought to be given more. It ought to be expected. He said, but you ain't got nothing on that poor widow. He said, I'll show you somebody that gives of self first. Christ recognized what sacrificial giving is. It had nothing to do with the amount. But it had to do with the heart that chose to give of self first. It says that widow gave all that she had. Now I think that God does expect you to be able to pay your house note after you give. So I'm not encouraging you to pay to where you can't give. But I do think when it comes to giving to the Lord... We need to understand that the great blessing that was poured upon upon us gives great responsibility on our part for considering how it goes. You know, if you go to Hebrews, Hebrews throughout the book talks about us living under a better covenant with better commandments, better promises. Maybe it should be the case that we give better of self than what those who had done before within giving the proper proportion it comes down to you and it comes down to your heart within preparing for the lesson I put in point number four and I told vet before I got up here I said I'm not doing point number four but if you'll get the outline notice how the individual that gave was blessed Go read through the book of Proverbs and see the blessing that comes to the person that gives. Even more important than the giving of monetary money, I want you to consider giving of your life. If you haven't given your life to Christ, you are missing out within the giving back to the Lord, it was an expectation of those who were saints, those who were Christians. But when it comes to us, are we giving self first? If you haven't given your life to Christ, then there is no doubt you are missing out. You're missing the mark, and you haven't given of self. Understand that Jesus first gave his life. Because of that, We must have the desire to follow after Him, understanding that Jesus Christ was the Son of God, that He died for me. I need to repent of my sins and say, I want to follow Jesus. I need to be be willing to make that confession. I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. And at the same time, I need to be willing to go into that watery grave of baptism, notice, knowing that that is where I access The blood of Christ. Galatians chapter 3 verse 27. Get down to Romans chapter 6 and verse 4 and it says there's a new way of life. Rise to walk in newness of life. If you haven't done that, it's time to become a Christian today. If you haven't given of yourself as you ought as a Christian, it's time to come back to the fold. You have the opportunity this morning to come forward. We'll give you the opportunity to come. We'll pray with you. We'll pray for you. We'll encourage you. And likewise, you encourage us. If you haven't given your life to Christ, make a change right now as we stand and sing.